0: Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at celebrationchurchlive.com. Well, this is um, our second week in a series that we have just called Created to Create. Had had some other titles as we were working on this, and I wanted to do this series for a good long while now, but it wasn't going to work in the movie theater because we needed a stage and we needed con- dimmable lighting and some stuff that's going to, as the rest of this series plays out. And so we, we needed some things. And so it was when we got our building, we were going to be able to do it. And then we had to make some modifications to our, our building and our space to be able to do it. But but here we are. And one of the things I was really excited about was what we got to experience last week with, with Mike Ramirez and, the, and his... Uh, expression of painting there real time with his hands. And if you didn't get a chance to see that artwork, um, it's in our foyer right there on each side of our fireplace. And it was just amazing as I'm preaching and, and sharing and communicating verbally. He is doing it in a visual way and being able to express who God is and what he has done for us. And that's the nature of what this series is about, is that each one of us We're created to create. We're not a dead end. God created us and loves us and values us, but He also wants to invite us in to this amazing thing that He is doing in the world. And He's gifted each of us uniquely to be able to make a unique expression to our community and to the people to be able to validate and point people to the God who loves them and the Savior. Who died for them? So if you've got your version app open, you got your notes that we handed you on the way in with your bulletin, then we have jumped off with this concept that in God's hands, we are both a work of art and an artist at work. We're both. We're simultaneously a work of art. God is working on us. He's working on us. But we're also an artist at work. He's working through us. There should be both of those things happening simultaneously. I love it that when we, we see this in the scriptures that people immediately, immediately, they, they came to Christ they, and they immediately got put to work. They immediately got put to work. In fact, Jesus' disciples were just invited to come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. They were clueless as to what they were getting into. They had the most on-the-job training of anybody ever. They just walked away from what they were doing. They didn't even fully understand who Jesus was. They didn't even fully understand all those things. All that thing began to grow, but they were apart well before they fully understood all of the pieces. And I want you to understand that, that when you say yes to Jesus, you are fully apart and you are fully his. And though you may not fully understand everything or fully understand how you fit, you do. And this is where we want to purposefully begin to think about how all of this comes together. I love Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. If anybody's been through our school of ministry, our first trimester, we have three classes. And all three classes, the entire trimester, revolve around Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. This is everything wheels around them. And let's look at them one more time. It says, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not From yourselves. Oh, thank you, Lord, that it's not on our shoulders for us to be saved. It's not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not by work, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God prepared in advance for it to be done. But he, there was something we have to allow him to be able to work in us for it to be able to do what it needed to do. Years ago, um, I was uh, in junior high. And, uh, of course, I always willing to, to do a, something to earn a buck whenever I was in junior high. Every young person has some desire for money and something they're wanting to buy. And I had an uncle who worked for Frito-Lay. And he was there in the Odessa Midland area and and worked for Frito-Lay. And they were doing a big promotional for some Cheetos. And they had had a costume of Chester Cheetah that they needed to go to the grocery store and have Chester Cheetah be there to do some meet and greet. So somebody at Frito-Lay had hired somebody ...to make these costumes and they got shipped around to the distributors around the United States. But that costume was just a costume. It had the head, it had the outfit, it had all of these different pieces. But it was that costume which was prepared in advance for whoever was going to use it. That costume was prepared in advance for me. I was going to be the one getting paid to be able to be in the costume... So they asked me to be able to do this. and I'm like, sure. It's, nobody knows it's me in there. I can be at the, the local grocery store and shake hands and all those different things and, and, and be Chester Cheetah for a few hours and, uh, and make, some, make some pretty good money. And so as I got there and go into the back of the grocery store, put the Chester Cheetah costume on and go out. And of course, all the little kids noticed the mascot going. Uh, some scream and run as kids still to this day scream and run from mascots. And so Colin, our, our seven-year-old, has just recently uh, decided that she's not afraid of mascots anymore. So uh, she had been wanting to go to Disney, but then she's like, are there mascots there? Like tons of them. And she's like, nope, no Disney. But she has recently decided she can deal with that. And so I got in the Chester Cheetah costume. Okay? So I'm in the Chester Cheetah costume, and I'm going around, and I'm shaking hands. And, and I, in fact, I ran into one girl from, that I went to school with, and she walked her little uh, niece up to me, and I called uh, her by name, which freaked her out. And so I wasn't supposed to talk. Chester Cheetah was supposed to be quiet, but I couldn't help but, but startle my friend. And... Uh, Anyways, as I was walking around, uh, one of the things they coached me to do, I've got a full head on. You cannot see. The nose of Chester Cheetah was a black screen. I saw through the nose, okay? Nobody could see in and see me. But one of the things they coached me to do, one of the things they coached me to do is that I needed to smile. I'm like, I'm inside an outfit. Nobody can see my smile. They're like, but if you will smile, It will carry through in your body language. It will carry through in the way that you walk around and you greet. If you were all down on the inside, it doesn't matter that Chester Cheetah has a smile painted on the outside. All of a sudden, this thing that's messed up on the inside is reaching out to greet. And everything, they can just sense That you don't really want to be there. You're not really engaged. That something had to change on the inside for everything on the outside to be able to really work the way it was supposed to work. And that's why God works initially on the inside of us to change us from the inside. And we've had enough church services, we've had enough stuff where people painted the little Christian smile on their face and saying, I'm doing good, brother, and they're falling apart on the inside. And we all smell through the load of eh, and recognize this is not good. This isn't real. This isn't truth. So guess what? As God has called us into this place, that we are God's workmanship. Guess what? We have Elaine attorney out there, and she's working with clay this week. I dare you to go look over her shoulder and watch her work with the clay. There's going to be parts of the clay that her hand is actively messing with, and you're going to be able to begin to see something form. And there's going to be part of the clay that hasn't been touched yet. And you have no idea what that's going to be. And guess what she doesn't do? She doesn't drape a little cloth over the untouched part and go, you know what? I haven't messed with that yet. I don't want you to see that. She doesn't. It's there. We recognize that it's a process. And we give, give her as the artist a little room. Why on earth do we not give God as the greatest artist in the world a little room with us? That he's working on some parts. Some parts haven't been touched yet. But we can see his hand at work. We need to do that with ourselves and we need to do that with each other. Because in God's hands we really are a work of art and an artist at work. But he is not done yet. So something has to happen on the inside to begin to shift us. And God knows that. He's not surprised by that. That God empowers us to be creative, to help people connect with Him. Now we're about to go, go and look at the passage of Scripture. And this is the first mention. The first mention in the Scriptures of someone being filled with the Spirit. This is the first mention Of someone being filled with the Spirit. If you're familiar with your New Testament. You know about Acts chapter 2. And that the the Spirit of God descended. And we're going to get into that in a little bit. And and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And there were awesome things that began to unfold and take place. in In the new church. But here's the first mention. The first time someone's filled. Most of the time you see that the Holy Spirit came upon. He came upon the kings. He came upon the prophets. But here's a unique moment. In the Old Testament, where the Holy Spirit says it was filled with the Spirit. And this person is an artist, a designer, a man who, who, was, who was a craftsman. And his craft was used to be able to help connect the people as they follow God. Let's look at, at, at Exodus chapter 31. Exodus 31 verse 1. It says, Then the Lord said to Moses, See, I have chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skill to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of crafts the very first moment the very first place we see that this person is filled with the spirit of god it's because he was going to have to have this god breathed wisdom understanding and skill for what he was about to create What he was about to create and what he ends up creating are all of the articles of the tabernacle. And if the tabernacle was different than the temple, remember at this point in Israel's history, they have come out of Egypt and they were going through the desert. They don't have a place. They can't build a permanent structure. And here is the tabernacle that is made and it is the place where they meet with God. It didn't house God. They met with God. God didn't live there. God's too big for that. God doesn't live in a spot, but he would meet with his people there. And the guy who creates the Ark of the Covenant that you maybe have seen some sort of rendition of on Raiders of the Lost Ark or seen on some sort of different things, the Ark of the Covenant that was created, Bezalel is the chief architect of that. So this is these amazing sculptures. They have these cherubims, these these angels that are crafted out of a solid piece of gold. And their wings come up and and they look down upon the mercy seat and their wings just almost touch. And it says that God would meet and he would meet with them between that that spot, right above the mercy seat. God didn't live in the Ark of the Covenant. If you pop the Ark of the Covenant open, it's not like a God jack-in-the-box. He's not going to pop out of this thing. And all of a sudden wreak havoc on everything. That's not the Ark of the Covenant, people. In fact, it has nothing to do. That's why nobody can find it anymore. I believe with all my heart God hid it. I think it's probably still on this planet. But I think it's hidden. Because otherwise people would go worship it. And these people knew it wasn't to be worshipped. It was a meeting place. It was, like, it was like a telephone. It was a way to make this place of contact. It was a, it was a Starbucks to go have a meeting and hang out. That's what it was. It was a place to meet with God. It didn't house God. God didn't live in it. But even with that, it was, it was this holy, holy, holy thing set apart for God's use and people of God's use only. And here it is. It, the Spirit of God comes upon them. In Exodus chapter 35, verse 30, it says, Then Moses said to the Israelites, See, the Lord has chosen. So, the, so God had spoke to Moses In 31, and now Moses is presenting this plan in chapter 35. So chapter 31, God's talking to Moses. Now Moses is talking to the Israelites in chapter 35. Then Moses said to the Israelites, See, the Lord has chosen Bezalel. Son of Uri, the son of Hur of the tribe of Judah, and he has filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom and with understanding and with knowledge and with all kinds of skill. I appreciate that Moses says to the people of God verbatim what God said to him. Glad he didn't give them the Cliff Notes version. I appreciate that. Ministers ought to say what God says. Um, all kinds of skill to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze, and to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of artistic crafts. And he has given both him and Aholiab, the son of Hardname of the tribe of Dan, the ability to teach others. So now, not only is there this, this, the Spirit of God on them to be able to do it with their hands, they're now able to teach others how to be a part of the process. They're now able to bring this in, and there is the Spirit of God is on them to be able to do it and to be able to teach it and to be able to carry it forward. And he has filled them with skill to do all kinds of works of it, as engravers, designers, embroiderers in blue and purple and scarlet yarn and fine linen and, and weavers. Sheila, they were anointed as a weaver. And so we've got some wonderful uh, created to create um, stuff out on the table out there. And so and there they were skilled workers and designers. And for too long... For too long, the church has relegated and thought that the only thing that mattered in expressing God to the world was somebody standing up with a Bible and talking. Now, the gospel has to be preached, and the role that I feel is important, but it is not remotely the only role. It is not remotely the only role. And it is complemented and works together when all of the pieces come together, and we see that the Spirit of God was in these. They were filled with the Spirit of God to be able to do these incredible artistic expressions. And as you read through the scriptures and you see the descriptions of the pomegranates and the lattice work and all all of the stuff, the 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 um silver thing, bases that held up things. Everything was incredibly ornate and beautiful and crafted to a point where every time somebody was inside that tabernacle and they moved through the layers of that, everywhere they saw pointed them to a God who loved them and was for them. Everywhere we did this, we have to recognize that there is something in you that God wants to use, that God wants to inhabit you and work from the inside of you out to express you were created to be able to do good works, which God prepared in advance for you to do. And the number one question, the number one question after we recognize of who God is and who Jesus is and what he's done, the question that comes right out of that is, God, how do you want to use me? How do you want to use me? How do you want to use me? We see it at work all the time. We have an amazing hospitality team. Could you imagine if our hospitality team sat behind those donut tables and it was like, seriously? Two donuts? (laughs) Probably shouldn't have got the one. Um, How would that go? Somebody's sitting there and scowl. We, have our, 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 we just implemented our, our little welcome signs. You know? What if somebody's sitting there holding the welcome sign? On their phone. No, these, we've got this incredible hospitality team who love what they're doing. And all of a sudden, I guarantee you, that chocolate donut, which is really good, by the way, is somehow better when somebody lovingly opens that thing up and you hear the, whoa, and they're like, take your choice. We're so glad you're here today. And all of a sudden, that chocolate is even better than when it rolled in here because there was someone with this gift and care of hospitality sharing it on the way in. I love it that over and over and over again, as people connect with Celebration Church, they've decided that they like Celebration Church well before I ever get up here. Long before I ever get up here, because they come in and there is this spirit of welcome and this connection because there are ministers out there ministers making coffee, ministers saying hello. Donald Grooms, you're awesome, my friend. You're awesome. How can you be sad when you walk in and Donald Groom's like, Woo, good to see you. Give me five, buddy. I mean, how do you be mad? It just like falls off. There's like a whole pile of mad stuck on the concrete because it all fell off because Donald Groom's lovingly greeted you on the way. He is an artist at opening up the door. You can pay a machine. They have it at stores all the time that open up the doors. But there's a whole different thing when you have a minister open up the door. It changes the atmosphere. Folks, we have people who open their homes for small group, and you go to some stranger's home, and you walk through the door, and in five minutes you feel like that's the place you absolutely should be because they have such a spirit of hospitality, and they love having people in their homes. We, we see it at work, our, our team across the way. We see it all around because we were created to create. Folks, the Holy Spirit empowers us to communicate the truth in a way that others can hear it. In a way that others can hear it. Let's look at Acts chapter 1. It says, after his suffering, he, this is Jesus, presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. This is post-resurrection Jesus is interacting with people You are going to be immersed in the Holy Spirit. You're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And he tells them, now they've got the most important news that any group of people have ever had. Jesus died, rose again, and we're forgiven. That's the most important news. And he says, wait. Wait. You would think this is the not wait moment. You would think this is the go moment. But he says, don't do it. You're having an encounter with resurrected Jesus. They're talking to flesh and blood, post come out of the grave, Jesus. And he says, wait until the Holy Spirit comes upon you. In Acts 1.8, it says, but you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. And after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and the cloud hid him from their sight. His last words to him as he is about to do the Superman thing and just go up into the clouds and disappear physically. They watched his physical form leave. He didn't just beam me up Scotty. They would have thought they'd had an encounter with a spirit. They needed to see the physical Jesus physically leave. And so he physically went up and then was covered up by the clouds and he was gone. Physical Jesus left the planet and said, wait, and and told them to wait and said that the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and then you're going to be my witnesses. So now we're going to catch up with them. In Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2, verse 1, it says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And this is a couple of weeks later, okay? After the 40-day period, this is a couple of, a couple of weeks later. And so and it says, And suddenly, um, like a, suddenly a sound, like the blowing of a violent wind, came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting and they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them and all of them were filled with the holy spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the spirit enabled them and when they <clears throat> now they were staying in Jerusalem god-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven now they all spoke Hebrew people they all spoke Hebrew they had a shared language okay it says, and when they heard this sound, a, cr- a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard <coughs> their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all of these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? In our native language. Here the very first moment the Holy Spirit is poured out on the early church. And now they are supernaturally speaking in languages they don't speak. The scriptures say declaring the glories of God to, their, to these people in the languages they know best. In the languages that they know best. Folks, that's why we have to have DJ overcomers in the world who be able to scratch and do that. Why? Because there's a group of people in America, the language they know best is hip-hop, is DJ music, is that kind of stuff. And Brandon Clark isn't going to be able to get through it. But, But Jimmy, on his stuff, can. All of a sudden, they're like, wait a second. I understand this. I get this. Who are you? What are you about? Why are you doing this? for some sort of religious purpose. And then Jimmy's able to declare the hope that he has in Christ because he's speaking a language. Now, you know what? You know what? Most of the time, that's not in most church services. We very well may be the only church in San Angelo today with a scratching DJ in our worship set. (laughs) It is fun, but no pat on our back because next week he won't be here. (laughs) We're not that awesome. (laughs) And so... (laughs) it was but it's to remind us so many times we get comfortable in doing this thing for God the way we want to do it the way we'll hear it but God wants to use us in a way that somebody else will hear it that somebody else will hear it and there are so many different things this created to create thing is, is this expression there are arts there are so many different things where people are able to be active on so many different levels and make connections with people and talk to them in the language that they will understand. And here is what's amazing. Acts chapter 2. Peter, who had been stinking afraid... He had denied Jesus three times. He had hidden out. Peter stands up in the middle of everybody to the same people that crucified Jesus just almost two months before, boldly preaches the gospel. Something new got a hold of Peter. It's called the Holy Spirit. And he boldly preaches. And look at what happens at the end of Acts chapter 2. It says, and those who accepted his message were baptized. And about three Thousand were added to their number that day. You think God working and filling people with the Holy Spirit is going to be able to make a difference? You think it's going to be able to attract some people? You think it's going to be able to make a difference? I think that if God, if Jesus said, Hold up till you have the Holy Spirit, then we ought to make sure that we're flowing and operating and working with the Holy Spirit. If the guys who saw resurrected Jesus in the flesh needed the Holy Spirit, I think us 2,000 years later need the Holy Spirit. As you begin to study and look, man, the Holy Spirit is an amazing gift. He empowers, He leads, He directs, He has gifts, He, he brings clarity. There's so many different things. The depths to this Holy Spirit thing is absolutely amazing. But, folks, we have to first understand. That we need Him. We need the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit wants to empower us and work from us from the inside out. And begin to change lives around us. That's how this begins to work. So what's our next step? Our next step is ask God to help you communicate His love in more hearable ways. In more hearable ways. There's somebody around you. There's somebody around you that needs to hear the love of God. And you know what? And maybe you have invited them to church lots of times. And they haven't come. But maybe they're interested in something and you can go to that. Instead of them. Nothing that's anti-Christ. I mean, don't go to a goat sacrifice or something. but, (laughs) But if somebody's interested in Dirt bike racing, then go with them to a dirt bike race. And sit on the bleacher and talk to them. If somebody's interested in whatever, somebody wants to, likes to play, I, I had, I'm not good at golf. I'm terrible at golf. But man, if somebody wants to golf, man, I'm going to go golf with them. And they're going to look really good. They're going to win by 20 strokes. <laughs> but we're going to have three and a half, four hours of conversation as we chase my ball everywhere. And so it's not my wheelhouse, it's theirs. But all of a sudden, it's an avenue for me to be able to make some sort of connection. Let's find a creative way to be able to talk to somebody, connect with somebody in a more hearable way. Folks, our bottom line is God fills us to fill others. And we were created in his image, in the image of a loving creator to be an active part of his re-creation.